0: Today's episode is brought to you by Dr. Dish Trusted and Innovation Solution Basketball Training Machines. Check out their revolutionary skilled building program at drdishbasketball.com. Welcome to Fitaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Perano. Today's guest, assistant coach for the Cleveland Cavaliers, Andrew Olson joins the show. We talk hoops, life. Let's dive right in with Andrew. So welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Perano, here with my man of the hour. Andrew Olson, assistant coach for the Cleveland Cavaliers. What's up?
1: How's it going, man? Happy to join.
0: Oh man, it's a pleasure having you on. Thank you for uh, taking my phone call today. Definitely, no problem. Nice, well let's dive right in, Andrew. Um, can you give my listeners a quick insight of you playing ball? Um, I know you're undersized. Um, I, I do know that you played Division Three basketball. Um, and you did go to, I believe it was three national championships, won one in the division three, and won the Bob Cousy award. Uh, Can you elaborate on that?
1: Yeah, so uh, I grew up in uh, San Diego, California, and I, as you said, am a undersized point guard. My whole, whole life, whole career. Um, Me too. I went to Rancho Bernardo High School, and then I went to Amherst College, uh, Division Three school. And growing up, uh, had the aspirations to go Division One, like most kids. And going through the process, I kind of realized that uh, the Division Three opportunity was was something I couldn't pass up. With uh, basically the, the best school I could get into from an academic standpoint and then at the same time they had a, a great uh, basketball program they had just reached a, a final four previously to me attending the school and so it, it just kind of made sense um, you know I, I come from a, a family that no one had you know in my immediate family had graduated from um, college and so um, you know it, it was just something that I you know, took a lot of pride in and the fact that I could get to the into the best school possible. I, I wanted to do that. Um and I, I went there also because playing uh, was was important to me. I didn't want to, you know, sit on the bench too too long or my whole career or whatever. And so I went where I could play and uh, things worked out, made three final fours. Um uh, and then, yeah, my junior season, we won the national championship, and uh, that season I was named the Division Three National Player of the Year. And then uh, we we tried to repeat his chance. We fell one game short, lost in the national championship. And uh, my senior season, uh, I was uh, the returning uh, or two time National Player of the Year. So um, after that, I, I played overseas in Germany. For a few years, and uh, as I was over there, I, I, I realized the game itself is just different as a professional, um, and me being five ten, <laughs> uh, you know, short, white, uh, you know, not not too athletic, I realized that the, the opportunities weren't there. just weren't as many as I I had hoped. Um, I had great seasons over there. Played, uh, was all league, all conference, and. and had a lot of success, but after a few years, I, I realized that um, I wanted to kind of move on and get into the coaching realm.
0: Right. Wow, man, that's I love your story, bro. I mean, I'm five foot eleven, so I understand <laughs> um, being undersized, and um, you know, being so-called, uh, you know, not as athletic. Also, <laughs> yeah. um, and so for me. I love the fact that you chose a school um, to go play at. Like, some of these players, they feel like if if they're playing JC ball, they're not good enough. If they're playing NINA, they're not good enough. And that's not true because there's great talent everywhere. Am I right?
1: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, there's, there's so many other factors that go into a decision, like where you go to school uh, other than basketball. And I think that – A lot of times people make basketball decisions and they focus on you know the illusion of hey I went D1 or or whatever and uh, in all reality you got to make a decision best for you and uh, I I did have some offers late in the game and uh, when I went and weighed everything I I was just like this school really wants me it's the best education I can get and I'm I'm gonna get to play and so uh, you know, you ask any kid that, um, they're probably going to make that decision. And the only caveat was it wasn't D1. And so when I came to you know terms with that, it, you know, it was fine. And it ended up being an amazing decision. I had a tremendous career, a great education, and, you know, an extensive network of, of people that I, you know, have for a lifetime.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm very blessed to have you in my circle with Jordan Law- Lawley, Ryan Rizuki, a Cody Topper, a Gannon Baker. Like, that, to me, is everything. The circle of trust and community that I'm building around myself with my program and my podcast for basketball, it's huge. Mm-hmm. And one thing I wanted to ask you, or you can elaborate on, because I don't think kids really truly understand, um, is how the grind is like you being undersized you being able to go play college basketball and achieve what you achieved. not many people are going to you know three final fours not many people are going to be the player of the year two years in a row like how much blood sweat and tears did that really take you through high school and into college or even in junior high
1: yeah and i think you know, I mean, that's a great question, and you look back and <clears throat> you you realize how much work and effort and, and everything goes into it, but uh, when you're in it, I, I think passion, at least for me, my passion was just, you know, to be, you know, the best or, or you know, win the tournament or whatever it was, but, like, kind of whatever was in front of me, uh, I just was kind of, you know, relentless and had that passion to just you know, want to win and, and do well. And, <clears throat> sorry. Um, but, yeah, in, in that, you know, you look back in middle school and you, you remember all the the long summers and the, the multi, you know, two practices a day and you're playing for – in high school you're playing your AAU team and then you're playing for your high school team and you're just playing basketball all the time. And at the same time, I didn't really – Know any better, <laughs> and so, so sometimes I think it's a good thing to just be be kind of lost in it. And, and um, but yeah, you you look back and you realize you go to the gym and you have to travel and go to tournaments and you're practicing and, and playing in gyms and playing five games, you know, one day on the weekends and you don't realize necessarily what you're sacrificing or what other people are doing until uh, you kind of take a step back and look, look at all that. But in the moment, that was fun. That was my passion. I I didn't know any better and I didn't want it any, any other way. And so I think that that's, that's always, you know, very clear and evident with, you know, know, certain individuals, but um, you know, using that passion to kind of fuel you and take you to the next level. And I think, you know, just in terms of advice or, uh, you know, in the moment, it, it's just kind of like not necessarily, you know, envisioning, okay, I have to do this and, you know, I, I need to get a Division One scholarship in, in middle school. It's just, what can I do right now? What can I do today? What can I do um, that's going to prepare me for those moments eventually, but not, you know, focusing so much on the future, but more the present.
0: Cool, I like that. Now, as you were doing that, um, did you ever like write it down? Like, hey, like, okay, Monday today I'm gonna hit. You know, I, I gotta shoot 300 shots and work my way up to maybe 500 to be to become a a sharpshooter. And, you know, I gotta I gotta kind of tighten up that left hand. So I, I gotta definitely work on, you know, my hesies, my my crossovers, whatever you had to do. You know, obviously I gotta get into some, some strength and conditioning. Um, like, and I, and I tell my son this, like, don't get burnt out, bro. Like do something every day, but you don't need to spend countless hours. Like you hear Kobe Bryant doing. Cause for one, you're not Kobe. Number two, you're not an adult yet. You're 13. Um, but you do have to put in some time. Like, like sometimes he's up at like 6:30, and he's already went for his run. He's, he's getting on his doctor dish. So he's going to put up his 400 shots. Um, you know obviously take a shower and kind of hang out for the rest of the day go to a, a practice and then maybe play some one on one with some friends or something I don't know but I did Did you do that or did, were you literally a gym rat all day long
1: no I, I mean I, I had definitely had a good balance and uh, I think another one thing that sticks out to me in terms of my development is I always kind of was blessed to be surrounded by better players or i had the opportunity when i was younger you know to play up okay and i is kind of you know we read books and, and things about life and you are who you surround yourself you know with and and so i think i was almost always kind of in this environment where i was striving to be better or i was you know surrounded by good coaches or um you know, better players and playing up and, and that just kind of that presence of, okay, what are these people doing? And, and everything wasn't, you know, necessarily said or written down. Um, it was just constantly being surrounded by, you know, a lot of talent. And, uh, I was very fortunate at a young age, my, my dad, you know, got involved with coaching and he took it upon himself to, take our team up to you know la and and play against different competition and often it was better competition and so you know just things like that along the journey that i think uh, you don't necessarily plan or write out it just kind of happens and i think i was a byproduct of just constantly being in those environments um and you know whether it's attaching yourself with a a certain AAU program and you're on the the 12 U and there's, you know, 13, 14 U teams that are above you and you, kind of know what, what it looks like to, to be better. Um, and so just a a bunch of those things, but when it comes to being a gym rat, like I had the, the hoop in my driveway, I had, uh, I was almost always on at least, you know, one team, if not two teams, um, and so i i think there was a stretch where two and a half years that i played in a tournament or in a league every single weekend two and a half years straight um and so yeah there there were a lot of you know moments where i was just submerged into basketball but at the same time i i think i lived a pretty normal life in terms of you know hanging out with friends and and not missing birthday parties and doing, you know, those types of things.
0: Nice. Okay. Now, did you ever get to a moment, whether it was in high school, college, in the pros where, you know, it's tough, you know, basketball is a roller coaster, all sports is actually. Um, (laughs) And, and you're just mentally fatigued. You're, you're doubting yourself. And if so, who helped, who helped get you out of that rut and escape and, and push, push forward.
1: Yeah, and it's it's funny how, uh, you know, my parents, my friends, you know, people are, that I'm close to, they, they th- say that I have a really good memory. And, and uh, like a lot of people, I remember a lot of the, the down moments more vividly than the, you know, the great moments. Uh, and so growing up, I remember, getting back to that example of going up to L.A. and playing, I, I remember still to this day, of this playing at the time, one of the best teams like in the country in fifth grade or something like that. And, uh, I don't still don't know how they get the rankings for those things.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't but, either. uh,
1: they, they were just next level athletes. And of course, were the, you know, in that moment, you're like, are they even the, as old as they say they are? Right. But they, they were playing, you know, the full court press and, and it was just, A nightmare and I remember thinking to myself like I don't know if I'm cut out for this Um, and I got benched and and kind of had this like self reflection where I'm like I basically have two choices you know kind of give up or get back in there and try to figure it out Um, and so that that, that was a very vivid moment and I you know remember joking around in, in middle school and I think we all know like Playing for your middle school team is not, you know, the most exciting thing. Or, you know, there's not a lot of pressure or, or anything compared to all the other leagues and teams that you play for. But I was joking around during the tryouts, and the coach had never seen me before. And uh, the long story short is, I made the team, but I wasn't wasn't a starter. And, um, you know, two years later, I'm the, you know, first. Player in my high school's history to, to make the, the varsity team as a freshman, right? But like in that moment, uh, I, I realized how important it was to basically do your best every single you know moment you're on the court. And you never know who's watching, and so you know lessons like that that I learned at a, at a really young age um, and became aware about. I I believe you know helped shape and mold me to the player that I was eventually able to become, and so. I think, you know, as we all talk about and the reason we love sports is what it, it provides us in life. And, and so moments like that, I, I think just kind of transcend, uh, you know, our perception of, of life and the way we go about it.
0: Right. Okay. I like that. What, what has the game really taught you in life?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's something in regards to, you know, everything like the, the, the number one thing I think is, you know, communication and uh, how important it is, whether in, in my job now or, uh, you know, just communicating with you know, significant others or whatever it is, but you learn that communication is just crucial in terms of progress and, and you know, having that growth mindset. Um, and so, you know, things like that and, uh, you know, power of, of, you know, in team sports uh, of, of, Others and I think so much of the narrative and the things that we want to portray about sports and things is you know that individual. But I learned that your team success and uh, a lot of the things that I, I was able to receive from an individual standpoint were due to the accomplishment of you know my team's success. And I think that that's you know one of the biggest things to to take from sports is that yes, we want to do things by ourselves and prove to others that, you know, we did it, but at the end of the day, you can get so much more accomplished when you work with others.
0: Right. Oh man. I like that. That's deep. You mm-hmm. know, I, I really enjoy that, you know, cause I, I tell my teams all the time, um, especially my son's team that I'm no longer coaching. It's for my program, but I have a coach for them, way better mm-hmm. coach than me. Um, and I tell them all the time, you have to work together. It's, you, you can't play hero ball it, it's it's got to be a team thing and if if you believe in each other the basketball gods will uh open up the gates for you and and you'll see success that's what i always tell them
1: yes without a doubt no it's it's so true and I you know can't tell you how many times I step on the court and people you know doubted me or or didn't think I was as good or what what, or of what I got credit for but um my team's always won (laughs) (laughs) and uh, at the end of the day that's the name of the game and if you're you know one of the better players on the best team or you know one of the best teams you get the notoriety and um I yes you can be an incredible individual talent and still get some notoriety and, and whatnot but um at the end of the day the, the name of the game is to win basketball games, and uh, that's that's possible through you know, a lot of things that we've already discussed. But it, whether it's hard work or uh, you know teamwork, communication, all those types of things.
0: Right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go out and say that you have a dream job. You're working <laughs> in the NBA. You work for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I mean, how is that? I mean, is that how cool is that?
1: Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. I'm, you know, as you, a person from San Diego knows that leaving San Diego is pretty difficult. And whenever I meet people in the Midwest or in Cleveland and they ask me where I'm from and I tell them San Diego and they say, why are you here? (laughs) (laughs) And, and I I tell them basically, yeah, it's uh, the only reason I would have uh, left San Diego is if I did get my dream job and so yeah to answer your question it it is a a a dream job and um there's there's so much of it that back to kind of when you're young and and trying to be you know make it to division one and whatnot you're you just have this this vision of what it looks like and same thing in the NBA like Every kid dreams of playing the NBA, and uh, I fortunately, or unfortunately, didn't make it as a player. But in you know this this life, it continues, and I was able to get there as a coach. And so uh, I think that it's it's one of those things that um, once you make it, one you realize that it's not exactly how you you uh, expected. There's always different nuances and things that come with it that um, you know you just yes you know you travel but until you actually travel and go through a season it's you can't prepare for it, it it's uh, it's you know taxing on on the body the mind everything and uh, and so those there's things within the job that are uh, you know i tell people all the time that the travel is the best and the worst thing part about, about the job right um but yeah it in in terms of of it being the dream job and everything. Uh, the the NBA is awesome and, uh, very, very fortunate to be in the position that I am.
0: Yes. Now, obviously, you know, all these players that, you know, their, their dreams are to make it to the NBA. Mm -hmm. And I tell my son all the time when he gets in a rut, I'm like, you don't understand. Like if you have this certain goal, these guys are there because they put, their bodies these coaches put these players bodies to the limit there's only a select few and and what they're holding is the remarkable these are remarkable athletes they they put their bodies through unbelievable grinds every day um and with that said who to you stood out the most on your guys's team
1: uh yeah i I mean as a as, as a, a coach yeah. you're constantly surrounded by as you know even at a at a young you know age level that the level of uh individuals it just varies <laughs> and so you see guys that are unbelievably talented that are you know just blessed with you know, quote-unquote god-given talents and you know they not that they don't work as hard, uh, but it's just a different type of work. And then right. there's you know players that weren't blessed as much, and the reason they're in the NBA is because they're either you know one of the smartest players on on the court or on the team, and or they they really do work the hardest and put in the most effort. Uh, but one thing that was very apparent to me, and something that I think. You know, young players don't think about as much. But, uh, like for example, a guy on our team, Colin Sexton, a young player, he was pretty much from the get-go one of the most dedicated individuals in terms of just taking care of his body.
0: Oh wow! And, okay. Um,
1: and so I think that that's one of the things that gets overlooked is, you know, if you're gonna put in all the time to work, you need to put in just as much time into the recovery, and you know for you know i know everybody doesn't have access to the equipment and everything in the nba but you know as younger players with like ice baths and and doing those things that are are a part of the recovery process and i think that you know colin is is an example of you know he puts in you know a lot of the work on the court but he also is really focused on on doing the recovery work as well because he knows, for one, he's a smaller player. Uh, it's a physical league. Uh, there's a lot of wear and tear on his body. He's, you know, his quickness and athleticism and, and everything uh, puts him in positions to that he you know he needs to recover and, and and put forth that time. And I think it's been highlighted too with LeBron and how much work he does on his body and a lot of that is. You know the recovery process, um, and so you know I don't want to necessarily repeat out all the information that maybe other people have had, but that that's something that's very you know glaring to me. Being in the NBA, and uh, yes, they do have access to doctors and uh, you know, medical staffs that are you know managing and and helping them along their journey a lot more than younger players do. But there's so much that you can do when it comes to uh you know maintenance of the body that uh, you know kids can do
0: oh no you're you're 100% right i mean i tell my son all the time that if he's going to be a high end athlete you know he's got to treat his body like a hot rod so mm-hmm. that's the fuel that you put in you got to put in good food you got yep. you, we got to put in um hydrogen alkaline water we're not just going to drink regular old water um mm-hmm. it definitely you, you got to sleep you know, I'm sorry. You, I know some of your friends are staying up till 10, 11 o'clock at night, even on the weekends. But you're not going to do that. You're going to go to sleep on time. You're going to get, you know, over eight hours of sleep. And I really don't want your face stuck in your phone, on Instagram right. and TikTok because, I mean, it, I mean, them just watching highlight reels of people, it's fake anyways. And then, and then they then they get into this. Well, I'm not good enough, and I'm not that. Well, how long did it take him to do that move, or how many hours did you did you not see on the takes of that? You know what I mean?
1: Yep, yep. And uh, just to kind of continue on on some of the things that I've been exposed to, but uh, I think especially it's it's harder to uh, as younger players, but when they when we get into high school and college and the you know, eventually the pros, but it's, it's just such a different level of sophistication in terms of preparation, um, knowledge of of your your team, and the and your opponent. And uh, that's the other thing that I, I've noticed that there, you know, a guy like I've been fortunate enough to be around Matthew Della Vidova, oh wow, uh, wow, who you know for the last few years, and you know he's the epitome of guys that you would never expect to make it to the NBA or he was told that countless times that he's, you know, not enough of this or not enough of that to actually make it. But he knows he's one of the smartest, you know, people, uh, you know, around when, when it comes to his knowledge of the game, opponents, players, uh, uh, his, his own teammates and, you know, the, the trends. And, and he's the first, one of the first guys to ask for film. Uh, on the plane and, and have access to, to the, to study. And so uh, I think a lot of times young players, we want to, we want to learn the next move or we see Harden or, or Luca or someone, you know, do something really, really great, on you know, from an individual standpoint, but uh, there's so much that goes into uh, the game at, at, you know, at the highest levels when it comes to, Uh, preparation and and knowledge and studying the game
0: yes and absolutely i love that you brought that up that was going to be one of my questions but i'm going to get into that one now is like the (laughs) iq part like my son and i we watch a lot of college ball we watch a lot of different actions you know the you know anywhere from the horns to the to the four and one the five out we watch defenses and and uh, a lot of the times we'll 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 Rewind and slow it down. We'll watch the ball But then we'll go back to that same segment on that same 30 seconds and we'll watch off-ball movements and where the cuts are coming or or you know where the The lifts or the shakes you would call it um, are happening and I really think that's starting To get him more knowledgeable of the game. and I think X's X's and O's really do help players. Am I right?
1: oh without a doubt and uh the you know it's it's that that fine line of you know preparation and understanding like what to actually prepare for um and and that's where you know studying in the film you know, allow you to kind of stay focused and, and identify you know certain things that, that are going to help you but um no without a doubt it's it's you know one of the the most underrated and i guess h- harder things to do because it's not talked about as much and it's hard to I guess quantify the value of it uh, you know we we see people working you see people uh, on the court and going through drills or doing strength and conditioning doing workouts and and stuff it's it's very tangible to kind of see right um, and you know you leave a workout you have sweat and there's, there's a feeling of accomplishment uh, but when you sit down and study film it's it's not as tangible. And so I think especially young, younger players, they have a hard time, uh, you know, sitting down and actually doing it because they don't necessarily see the benefits right away or, or feel that instant, uh, success gratification or whatever you want to classify it as.
0: Now, how long do you feel a player should spend watching film? Like I, I would be honest, I would say between my son and I together, like I watched way more than him. Um, but I would at least make him watch maybe about an hour a week. So it's like maybe every two or three days we're only watching like 20 minutes. It's a small one or two minute film, but we're literally breaking it down and rewinding, rewinding, rewinding. Um, it's only about an hour. Should we be doing more or should we be doing less?
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's always up to the individual in terms of, um, how much time they they want to dedicate and but yeah i mean starting off in the hour is great but more is always you know better and back to you know managing your body and maybe you don't go out seven days a week and and you give your body a break and on one of those you know you only go five or six and you're supplementing it by you know watching more film or watching more games and i think that. Me personally, uh, I'm 34 and kind of in the the age range of, of, you know, I I grew up still watching, and I'd come home on Sundays and watch NBA on NBC, and you, I, was, I still remember looking in the TV guide of what games were on, the, you know, in the, during the week, um, and that was a part of my life growing right. up was sitting in front of the TV and actually watching Entire games, and I think that that's something that a lot of young players, you know, just don't do as much anymore. And back to what you were saying, they they're more interested in the highlights, or seeing all the you know the good clips of, uh, you know, of high in highlights of of their favorite players, and um, but they're not necessarily seeing you know if you if you went five for 20 that night they, they see the five but don't see the 15th right that you know he missed and and so um there there's a lot that goes into you know the development of players and so I think that you know just watching more film is going to to help and it not doesn't necessarily have to be the way you know it, I think what you guys are doing is elite and taking it to the next level but just actually sitting down and watching games you know whether it's from start to finish or an entire half or whatever they have time for but actually watching kind of the flow of the game and not just the the highlights
0: right absolutely now let me ask you this basketball blacktop i growing up i'm 41 years old now um we played a lot of blacktop basketball you know five on five going to different parks um and I believe you probably did the same. Have you noticed that it's a, like a lost dinosaur now?
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, I believe the pandemic has somehow, uh, (laughs) re-inspired people to, to, to get out. Right. Uh, You know, the, the gym access isn't as available. And so I think people are starting to, to realize that playing anywhere you can is valuable, but no, to, Pre-COVID and, and the pandemic, uh, I, w- I would definitely agree with you. Um, I, I think it, it is dying in the sense, and I think so much of of development is associated with specialization. And so, if you're not, you know, working with a trainer, you're not doing a specific program, or you're not, you know, it's. I think to to your point, getting on the blacktop, it was just hooping, it was just playing, it was kind of figuring out some stuff on the fly, and kind of that uh, improvisation of of the game, which I, I think we're in agreement with all the greats that they have. They have uh, the ability to adapt and kind of kind of you know flow with the game, and I, I think that a lot of the specialization it becomes too focused and don't get me wrong i think players are are very very skilled these days but the understanding of the game and the timing of when and where and maybe you know you don't utilize that step back until you need to um and, and it's just little things like that that come with just playing and i think that's kind of to your point of blacktop or local gym or you know wherever it is that 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 was kind of like a a dying um experience
0: right and i loved it you know i really truly truly loved it now i know you as a coach and i know you're a sharpshooter and and you specialize in in teaching shooting how important is having a correct shot and working on the actual mechanics you know you don't always have to just go outside and just shoot the ball but i'm talking like really focusing on you know, getting that ball in your pocket, getting it up on the shelf, flicking the wrist, getting the proper rotation—like, how important is that?
1: I so I believe you know, growing up and players that are starting, like it's it's excellent, they like emphasize and everything. Now, as you get to a certain point, there's you know players that have had success whether or not you want to say it's doing it their way or, or whatever right um and i i think that uh you know it it's something you know when we're starting to to have a knowledge of but i think that a lot of coaches and a lot of people they the word fix right is is used a lot in terms of you know fix that guy's shot or, or do whatever but um there's usually a reason especially at this level that they're at this level you know Um, and so I think that knowing your shot is almost more important and so if you do have a little bit of a tilt or you do have like these subtle nuances or differences it's better to actually know that and so I guess studying form or doing you know specific form drills should be a way for you to become more aware of your shooting form and i I think that that's one of the, the biggest things for uh you know shooters to to just make more shots is actually knowing what they do versus trying to do what you know quote unquote is perfect because if there was a perfect form uh I'd be out of a job. And right. <laughs> uh, if, if there was a perfect form, uh, guys would be making per, 100% of their shots. And right now they're getting paid millions and millions of dollars to shoot 40% from three. So there's uh, a lot of room for improvement. And the reality is there's not a perfect shot, uh, especially when you involve defense and and, and whatnot. So um, to me, I, I think that the number one thing for – you know a good shooter is just their awareness of their own shot and yes there's always things you can tweak to to help make it better and optimize it but uh you know to to have this universal shooting form um if it exists then we'd have a perfect shooter and there's there's not one yet <laughs> <laughs> okay
0: now i i would say almost steph curry or ray allen but yes no one is a perfect <laughs> shot you are right alongside basketball what sport to you has the best athletes?
1: ooh trying to get me in trouble here <laughs> um, <laughs> well i would uh i th- i think all around obviously basketball um uh, just from top to bottom, but you know you get into other sports where there's so much specialization uh, but i I mean you look at some of these football you know, cornerbacks or Safeties and wide receivers and, and whatnot. Um, their their athleticism, just their raw natural ability, is is pretty elite. And uh, uh, I think what you know, like like anything, a lot of basketball players wish they could play football, and football to basketball. Right. Um, but uh, it's always kind of that like finesse game and the touch, and that you, you see some of these football guys that they get on the basketball court and they have all this natural ability, but they don't have the, like the, the rhythm or the, um, kind of finesse to pull off or finish the move or or whatever it is. And, um, but yeah, I, I I would say probably the, you know, outside, you know, wide receiver and and cornerback and and safeties and stuff are, are pretty elite athletes. Okay. Okay. Fair enough.
0: Now, Mm -hmm. If you could train any former player from the NBA, who would it be and why? That's no longer playing now.
1: Got it. Uh, so I think something that is pretty, you know, in terms of top-notch and legendary player, but never really in the argument for best player. Now, huh. I think if he had a, sh- a, a shot... Um, he he would have been in that conversation and had a couple more championships. Maybe maybe he does go down as is one of the greatest, or if not the greatest, but Magic Johnson. I think uh, okay he he had all the you know the natural gifts and had an amazing career. And you know you talked to a lot of people. He's you know three, four, five, or you know whatever in terms of their ranking of best of all time. But I think if he was a little bit or better as a shooter that he he could have, you know, potentially gone down as, you know, the greatest ever.
0: Okay. Okay. I like that. And if you can create a starting five dream team of your own, who would be on that?
1: Ooh, okay. I like this one. Thank you. So I think um, I'm going to have – uh, I'll I'll just do like a traditional lineup like maybe it's not the best like if we played modern day basketball I think you know like Tim Duncan would probably be on this team but,
0: okay
1: uh, you know maybe modern basketball he's not not the four he's the five and you know whatever without getting too technical but I'd go Magic Johnson Michael Jordan LeBron Tim Duncan and Shaq
0: cool yeah. I like that. I think that's, that's a good lineup.
1: That's a <laughs> um, good lineup. A lot, a lot of size, a lot of athleticism, not not too much shooting. Um, but uh, I think they're going to – when it comes to bully ball and everything, I think they're, they're in good hands.
0: Absolutely. I think I would have taken Tim Duncan out and put yeah. in KG.
1: Yeah, no, without a doubt. I think, like I said – if if we're actually constructing a team like right probably need you know a shooter or something like to to even some things out but uh, you know guys guys like scotty pippen or yes kg or you know some of those guys might be a better fit um in, in terms of actual like you know putting a, a team out there and whatnot just instead of having five you know alpha type dog um but no i i, I couldn't can't disagree with you the, the energy and defensive presence of kg is it's pretty significant
0: right uh, one of my favorite players um best piece of advice you got from a coach whether it's been now or as you were playing
1: um so something that always stuck with me and this is uh, I've been coaching now for uh about 15 years, but it, it was told to me at my first uh, summer camp that I, I was working at, and the the coach there said, "Andrew, none of these kids are going to listen to anything that you say until they know you care." And uh, to me, that was that was very valuable in the sense of you need to be a person first and relate and. Uh, I think that was 15 years ago, but I I think it couldn't be more important than, you know, with our times and a lot of the coaching has shifted to, you know, we don't have the old school coaching tactics uh, as much now and everything, but, um, you know, just being a person relating to your players and uh, having that connection is is always valuable and, you know, they're, they're not going to really, you know, listen or believe and, and do everything to the, the best of their ability until they know you actually care. And so I think that that, that was uh, something that will stick with me for, for the rest of the time.
0: Wow. Yeah, I like that. I got two more questions for you. Sure. Uh, one of them is, if you're going to leave this earth today and you're going to leave a note and it could either be three words or three simple phrases, what <laughs> would those be?
1: Wow. Uh well, <laughs> Got you again. I, I I'm a person that I I love simplicity, so I if I knew I was leaving tomorrow I'd try to think of something, you know, three words. Um it's not coming to the top of my head right now. Um, so I would I'd probably have uh you know three sentences and I I might use that quote that I just used and, and just kind of with everything going on in the world right now, I think it, it speaks to empathy. And so, uh, you know, caring about people and, and, you know, doing that first and foremost, um, you know, value, you know, value your time, you know, prioritize it in terms of getting the most out of it and, you know, doing your best while you're actually doing something, uh, would wow, be another, okay. another phrase. And then, uh, last one is just, uh, probably along the lines of, you know, like, you know, being being focused or or whatever. And I I think a lot of times, especially in the world we live in now, there's just so many distractions. And I think something that, uh, you know, people can actually practice and get better at is their, their level of focus and things that Uh, when they actually do something they're able to achieve more and get more out of it Um, and so something along the lines of of trying to be focused so yeah those those would be the three wow
0: okay i like them i love them especially being focused (laughs) i love that because i tell my son and my daughter that all the time focus
1: focus yeah Yeah, no and and it 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 is very interesting (laughs) to think about when there's there's so many words and things that we just echo and and we've heard uh, other people have told us and we're like okay that worked for me and so you just kind of like echo and repeat a lot of the but it's amazing if you actually ask somebody like what does it mean focus like how can you focus and actually break it down like a lot of people they, they don't really know what to do or how to do it and i think um there's a lot of steps and things that people can do to, to focus um, you know concentrate at a higher level and i think that that's that's something that i i always say separate you know the The bad to good, the good to great, and the great to legendary are is their ability to actually focus and get things done and, and do it at a high level. Yes.